Good evening. I'm so sorry for being a little bit late. Well, quite a bit late actually tonight. Sorry about that. Um, there are a few things that need to, needed my attention more than my own, the sound of my own voice on um, on Instagram. So um, if nobody turns up, then nobody turns up. So yeah, the idea behind the deep dives is um, hey buddy. The idea behind the deep dives is that we get a little bit more into the message of um, uh, Sunday. So um, it's just you and me, Dan, at the minute. I'm just chatting to Dan. <laughs> Great. Good to see you, mate. I'll, I'll give you a wave. Yeah. I waved at Dan. Dan Savage. Yeah, so the idea behind the deep dives is we just get into it a little bit and um, <laughs> and we talk about um, a bit more of the message, uh, break it down a little bit and maybe answer some questions. Um, hi, guys. How's it going? Sorry I'm late. Oh, wow. Brilliant. So um, we talked a little bit last night what what Claire and I thought would be a good thing to do over the next month is talk about life in that life after lockdown and to kind of understand, you know, the fact that we are in this strange post, I don't know, some crazy time in our, in our history and it's, it's affecting us um, so much in so many different ways. Um, and, you know, Claire and I chatting recently, we try, we're just trying to make good decisions in tough times. And I don't know about you, I love reading about people in scripture who were brave and they made, you know, these incredible faith decisions in really challenging environments. Um, and it turns out that's where a lot of us are right now. And it's much, much easier to re read about that stuff than it is to actually live it for ourselves and so like when we started out kingdom company uh all of us together wanted to raise a little community where it was um so helpful um for us to build help build people lives build people's help people build lives that they could be proud of and help people uh, build their lives full of hope and so to, in, you know, to wrestle with some difficult things, to have a go at some tough questions, we said that we were going to read the bits of the Bible that we didn't like and we didn't understand and made us a bit cross and to wrestle with some big questions. And so, you know, to be perfectly honest with you, um, I am, I'm, I'm speaking more regularly. Hiya, Peter. Hiya, Jean. Hiya, Brigitte. I'm speaking more regularly um, as a communicator than I've ever done before. And so I'm learning a lot. And I've said to the guys on Sunday nights a lot of the times, I'm not putting myself under any pressure to be perfect. But at the same time, we do want to talk in a way that is helpful, that is hopeful, that is kind of normal and more conversational. And there's times on a Sunday night where I'm battling this internal preacher in me that wants to pop out and wants to be Furtick or he wants to be T.D. Jakes or he wants to be, I don't know, 
Erwin um, McManus, and he and he, he he's coming out this this sort of like split personality thing, and and yet I feel like where the Holy Spirit is asking me to go is to be really vulnerable and really honest, and to be really plain spoken and to be really easy to understand, and to not speak and to preach about the things that are like, you know, if you're a DJ, Dan's a DJ. Hiya. Dan's a DJ. Dan knows that there are songs that a DJ has in his set called, they're called floor fillers. And if a, a DJ set is going wrong, you pull out the floor fillers because those are the things that are going to get people back on the dance floor. If you've been to weddings, you know that Come On Eileen by Dexy's Midnight Runners is a floor filler. It's going to fill the floor. Well, the same sorts of things can happen in churches where we talk about these things that are floor fillers. They're the things that, that they're really um, like people love to hear them. Um, uh, and they, but they're not necessarily good for building community. Or that's why some of us, we, we, go to, we go to conferences and we hear similar types of messages. And in preaching, in the preaching world, it's called conference messages. The, the, the ethos behind the scenes, because I've been in these conversations that, that, I've, that I've had over the years, uh, you preach your best message and you, you're on the front foot and you're really strong and you're really direct and you're full of life and you're full of energy and you're full of passion. Nothing necessarily wrong with any of those things. But one of the things that's happening right now is a lot of our churches are kind of, we're all reaching for this style of doing things. And as me and Claire are wrestling with behind the scenes is maybe the spirit of God is not asking for that all the time. Maybe there's another kind of conversation that he wants to have. So last week we talked about, I think two weeks ago, we talked about lament, which we've never talked about before. And for those of you who grew up in evangelical churches, you know that you do not speak about lament on a Sunday morning because it's sad and it's miserable. And yet we had a load of good response about lament. In fact, me and Claire are sharing that message in a church in California via the wonders of Instagram. And I said, look, we got this message on lament. It, it was really powerful. I think it's helped a lot of people. And he was like, cool. So we're actually going to speak a message on lament and the power of like lament <laughs> to a church in California. And I want you to know that it's, it's not always, it's, it's really awkward. It's really, you feel like, we feel like God's asking us to build something a little bit different. We feel like we're trying to be transparent and honest. And I don't think we always get it right. I don't think I sometimes think we're too vulnerable and then I think sometimes we're too polished and you know all of that stuff so the this kind of Monday night thing is just to go a little bit deeper behind the scenes on um you know where we're at with our thinking and why we're going down these trains of thought and why we're hitting some of the subjects that we're hitting and why we're talking in the way that we do we're trying to be intentional about it. And it's sometimes it's scruffy and it's chaotic. And um, and we kind of need it to be like that for a while. Um, yeah. So we looked at last night, we looked at um, how to make great decisions. And the points we had were um, you always put God first in the decisions that you make. And the illustrations that I made were that... Um, uh, when I felt like 
and I had a strong sense that God was calling me out of like asking me to leave behind my rock and roll band and go and do something else. <clears throat> that it was a there was a shift in priorities from what I wanted to do into what um, God maybe God's plan for my life. Um, uh, and uh, so what happened then was, you know, you have to reorder your life. You have to basically literally start spending money differently, start um, shifting friendships. And so putting God first sounds like a really noble thing, and it is, but it's also full of scrap. It's full of hard work and it's full of like making it. We're doing it right now. Uh, we're do, we've been doing it today. Putting God first in everything that you do means you need to constantly reorder um, your life and think about what you're doing, why you're doing it, and maybe saying sorry and maybe being willing to change and maybe um, get some new information in order that you can make great decisions that are longer lasting for your future. And so in putting God first, there were times where we had to move churches because the church environment that we were in at one point, and this is not at Life Church, this is at another church we were at, it was unhealthy, it was quite toxic. And so we made a decision as a family. They closed the kids' church down. And so we needed to, um, you know, we had little boys at the time, grown up now, 20 and 18 now. But um, I don't actually think they'd be, they'd, I genuinely don't think they'd have a Christian faith if we'd carried on going to that church as it was back in those days because it was a toxic environment and it was a difficult, it, it was just not a place to bring your kids. And um, so putting God first sometimes means you have to disrupt your ordinary everyday life because you know that there's something better for you to do. And I do think in the times of lockdown that we're in right now, we're in places in lockdown right now where people are just, we're all, if we're not careful, we're going to let our dreams go. We're going to let our hope go. We're going to let our confidence go because of the environment and the surroundings that we're in right now. Like I'm battling it at the minute. You know, there's so little going on right now. It's so difficult. Like numbers are down on Instagram. Churches are trying to figure out what to do next. And um, it's very easy to let my strength go, my confidence go, let my hope go. Um, but but part of putting God first means I choose and we choose to trust him in difficult times. So um, that was the first point. And just before I go on, if you guys have questions, we had a one question coming today off the gram. So if you wanted to chuck a question in, uh, I'll do my best to answer it around making great decisions. Um, it's a good question. I'll get to it in a sec. So the second point that we talked about was um, was take care of the right things or do the right things, do the things you know you should be doing. So um, sometimes when we're in the midst of trying to make a decision about the future, what we do is is we um, we stop all activity, and um, it becomes really disabling because. We might, you know, we might have two job offers and we're not sure what to go for. So instead of applying for them both, um, we don't apply for either of them. And then we worry and we're in anxiety about the things that, you know, we might, we should have done that we didn't do. Or, you know, say we've had, a, say we've had a, a disappointment or something that's been crushing that pushes down on our confidence. It stops us having confidence again for the for the future decisions that we need to make. Um, you know, for me, like over the last couple of years, 
I'm doing things on the daily, I think I would say, that I've never done before. And it's very um, unsettling because there's no, there's very little, if in, in some senses, there's very little routine or repetition because now, you know, you know, I'm singing, I'm learning songs that I've never sung before. Um, I'm, we're, you know, when we were, all, we were working together as a worship team, we're all getting to know each other. We had a right laugh because it was so awkward at times. Like we, we loved each other and we were getting on really well, but we didn't have a lot of history with each other and it just felt awkward. And so when you're constantly, when you're, when you're making great decisions, you need to try and find um, uh, what are my priorities? What are the right things I should be doing? And because uh, there's going to be some new things that are coming your way that are going to, uh, that are going to affect your confidence because they're going to make you feel nervous. Today, I'm learning how to, um, you know, Claire's done quite loads of work on, um, and I'm helping finishing off the process of us applying for a charity status. And I'm learning about trustees and what kind of trust charity. I've never done it before. Uh, and it's like, I, I didn't, wow, okay, there's more new things I didn't know. But in my day-to-day routine, I've got to take care of the things that I know that, that are going to affect a good decision. So... I'm praying every day. I'm eating well every day. I'm exercising 10,000 steps every day and maybe a bit of T25 in there. I'm, um, I'm remembering why it is, what it is that God called us to do with, um, and plant a church. And I'm not getting distracted by other things. I'm not choosing to go, you know, it'd be really easy right now to go out and get a job, um, and to take my foot off the gas in terms of what Kingdom Company is about because oh well it'll be ages before we launch kingdom company no no like it won't be too long and there's still a lot of work to be done that we can do behind the scenes and so it's very difficult when you when you when you feel you can feel you can feel paralyzed by making a big decision you can feel overwhelmed by big decisions but if you take care of the little things of the little routines and the little habits and the little things that feed your soul that feed your spirit you know worship music on um, prayer and um, all those great things what happens is you build a compound life where uh, your strength is almost imperceptibly bit by bit getting stronger and stronger and stronger and that you'll be in a stronger place to make bigger decisions um, when those big decisions come around so some of you guys might be in a place where you're you're needing a you know a job change or your your, your savings are being drained down and the, the tough thing to do right there is to keep doing the right things because it looks like your life's going one way um, and, you, you know, but and maybe God's called you to do one thing, but it looks like your, your life is going in the opposite direction. And, and that's where our faith is really tested. And that's where the quality of our decisions is, is really being tested. If we can maintain a routine, a great routine every day, if we can maintain focus on the goodness of God, and we know that he always leads us into um, better than where we've been before. Um, then we, then it will help us. We'll have a compound interest uh, of making great decisions that will help us make big decisions where, when it happens, when we need to make a big decision. Sorry. So we 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 gain strength in those routines, and then we have the strength to make a bigger decision when we need to make those bigger decisions. So do the thing you know to do. And I made, and we read from scripture there about the wise man built his house upon the rock and the foolish man built his house upon the sand. They both built houses, but it was the foundation upon which they built that made the difference. 
And so we know that anything that Christ says about us, we build from who he says we are. We don't make decisions based on who we feel like. My emotions are very strong today. It's quite common on a Monday where we've um, we've we've ex- we've given out a lot of strength on a Sunday. We've we've spoken. We had a birthday party yesterday, and it was great, you know. But but I'm emotionally depleted, and so now sometimes my emotions are going to pop up a little bit, or I'm going to be tired, or I'm going to be, you know. And so now I have to go back to some routines. I have to go back to remembering who I am in Christ. I have to go back to so I don't make a bad decision based on um, something that's not true when I'm emotionally or spiritually depleted. So we go back to the things that God has called us to do and we keep doing those things. Um, uh, I know some of us are, are riding the Corona corona coaster at the minute, as Claire posted the other day. And that is, that is, that's a real thing. And um, I've just come through it myself for a couple of weeks. So just really flat, just could not get going, could not get motivated, really tough. But, as soon as I had the strength and the energy to get back to it, I opened up to some friends. I said, look, I'm having a hard time here. Can you help me? And they were great. And reached out to a few more people. And just come came back into some routine, came back into some things. And this is this is what God's called me to do, and I'm gonna do it. And we're gonna do it. Um so we work the plan, we do the thing that God's called us to do. Even when there are big decisions to be made in the future, we we gather our strength in order to be able to make those big decisions. Um, people say, like, how long did it take you to plant a church? Well, really, you know, we've been our lives have been preparing for this, right? So we're in our forties now, and so everything has been a step towards um, making the, making the decision to plant the church. It wasn't something that came out of the blue, and the reality is, our decision to plant the church was being built day by day by day by day by little decisions that we made and by little things that we did that nobody saw. So Claire was building human resource systems. She created staff handbooks at Life Church. We put diaries in place. We did a lot of things that you wouldn't think that the Hoopers would do. We were doing behind the scenes. We had budget meetings and, you know, things of that nature that, that you need in a church. Um, we had we managed a lot of our own personal debt and um, came out of nearly all of that now and um, started some small businesses, which we'd never done before. So there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes that um, authenticates you when a big decision comes. Does that make sense? And for those of us who are struggling to figure out, oh, I haven't got the confidence to make a big decision, we said we encouraged people, Make lots of great small decisions. So choose to follow God in the things that he has called you to do and you know to be right to do. And you'll see that there's this beautiful thing that happens is you gain confidence from doing the right things. So there's a blessing attached to obeying God. And what that blessing will do and that obedience will do is it will give you a strength and a, an encouragement within yourself to continue to do the right thing. So, you know, again, questions people would say to me, are, are, were you nervous singing to thousands of people um, at, you know, X conference or another? How do you go on tour? I was amazing. Yeah, but, but week in, week out, and I mean like week in, week out for years, um, sometimes twice a week, sometimes three times a week, 
I would stand up and lead worship. And it was the routine, it was the repetition that prepared um, me for when a storm came. I had so much to look back on and call out, wait, I know what to do. I've done this so many times before. And so never despise the repetition of something um, that somehow God is not in that repetition. God is all over that repetition. And then we talked about, uh, yeah, we talked about like, um, can't remember Claire's illustration was the rock, the sand and the pebbles. And it was all about like, um, don't let the, the rock of your decision become ground down and eroded into the sand. And I thought it was great. She's very visual. And uh, it's, it's so true that, that there, there can be in times like this an erosion of our hope and an erosion of our trust in God. And there's times like today I've had to catch myself on a few things is um, there's so much uncertainty about what church is going to be like or what the future looks like that it is easy to allow fear to erode that decision and the decisions that I'm going to make next. Are they going to be eroded by the fear of what hasn't happened yet? Or are they going to be decisions that we make that are placed on the rock of who God is and who he says he is? Very tough times. So it's good for our faith. I mean, this <clears throat> we can have some stories to tell. If we can remain faithful and steadfast, we're going to all have some stories to tell about the faithfulness of God when this is all over in one way or another. Um, just for you to know, um, it's been supernatural uh, provision for us. When we came off staff, we left two jobs, uh, full-time jobs. We felt that's what God was asking us to do. And um, the supernatural provision, the jobs that came out of nowhere, the gifts and the blessings that came off the back of us stepping out to do what God asked us to do. We believed and planted the church. We turned down some job offers that were better paid than planting the church because God will often test you in blessing actually uh, you'll find out who you are when God really blesses you so <clears throat> I want you to know that now that you know now we're still we're fine financially but now things aren't exactly how we'd imagine they would be now are we going to pretend that we haven't seen the goodness of God and so are we going to are we going to make fearful decisions now based on the climate that surrounds us or we're going to make decisions that are full of faith for our future. So uh, we, we encouraged people last night to start small and to make decisions and to build up a decision-making muscle in things that they do. So there are decisions that I try and do every day. Uh, I try to eat less than about, I eat around 1900 calories. I've been, I've been, I've, I've come off that way of living and it's a good, good area for me. So it's a decision and I can see the compound effects of making that great decision when I follow that rule. Um, 10,000 steps every day just really helps me um, because it's a good target. I love targets and it's healthy and it's good for people to and it's good for us to have healthy little targets in our day. And then I have a wonderful little piece of um, I have a wonderful piece of uh, literature that my mate Tom Lancaster sent me, which is uh, Don Miller's story brand. And it's a, it's a productivity schedule. I'll do a little screen grab and put it in the feed later on. But it talks about these are my three big things that I'm going to do today. The, here's a list of some other little things I'm going to do. And it helps. I tick them off when I do them. I There's things that I'm grateful for every day. 
There's a life theme at the bottom, which is fun. And then I've got a stack of them now that I've worked through over the course of lockdown. And I can see, I can see progress that we've made um, over the course of the last few months because uh, I've got a diary, I've got a little journal of the compound effects of good decisions. So, um, it, you know, don't cast away your confidence. Don't throw your confidence away because you're in a tough spot. But uh, let your relationship with God go deeper than it's ever been before. Um, so, listen, hit us up with some questions about making great decisions. I know that there we're facing some big decisions right now, and um, and I'll I'll speak a little bit more about that in a sec. But uh, somebody sent in a question, which I have forgotten how to send it up on screen. But there basically was, um, you this person thinks about things, they ruminate and they think over and over and over again. How do you make decisions when you're a bit of an overthinker? And uh, I saw the question and I thought it was a great question because I have a great tendency to overthink. And I love what Bill Johnson says is, <clears throat> if you know how to worry, and then you know how to pray, because uh, praying is just worrying in reverse. <laughs> so instead of worrying and ruminating, uh, about the things that might be and being, you know, speculating. And the Bible talks about forebodings and, and, and having really heavy feelings about things. You can actually offer them up to God in prayer and you can begin to verbalize those things. And it begins to, it begins to send those thoughts in a, and those prayers in a really healthy direction that is towards God. And uh, there's a couple of scriptures about being overly anxious about making decisions that I love. And we looked at Sam and we looked at Proverbs yesterday, you know, commit your ways, trust in the Lord with all your heart and don't lean on your own understanding. There's never been a time in my life where I cannot lean on my own understanding because my own understanding did not get me here where I am now. And so for me to lean on my own understanding now when I've been led here by God would be really, really stupid because I didn't get here by my own understanding. So I'm not going to I'm not going to go into the future by my own understanding. Does that make sense? We have to continue to trust in the Lord with all our hearts. Don't lean on your own understanding in all your ways. Acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. So all we have to do is we acknowledge God. We say, God, come into this situation. I'm confused. I don't know what to do. So I'm feeling these feelings or I'm not sure what to do. Please make my path straight. Your job is not to make your path straight. Your job is to all your ways acknowledge him. It's great, isn't it? So we can take care of something. We are co-laboring, but he makes our path straight, right? It's beautiful. And um, in the same way that we choose the foundation of the house that we build on, we build on the rock, and, we, and so that when storms of life come, we're confident in the foundation that we've built on. And many of us are in a storm right now. And uh, we know what storms feel like, but because our because our hope and because our our foundation is on the rock, we don't have to fear the storm. And there's another scripture that I love very much in James. James is like my go-to book when I was a when I was a teenager. Particularly, I memorized a lot of James. Um, he's just an amazing. Um, he's a very straight talking pastor uh, in the Bible. I love him and. Um, he says in the beginning of James, I think it's in James 1, he says, um, if any of you lacks wisdom, you should ask God who gives generously, or in one translation says liberally, 
Like, so the idea is if you need wisdom from God, you go and ask God and he gives generously, liberally, and then, then a beautiful phrase, without reproach, which means he's not going to make you feel bad for asking. Isn't that great? So you can go and ask for wisdom from God and he's not only happy to do it, but he's going to, he's going to say good job when you do ask for wisdom. And that when you ask, you must believe that you've received and you must not doubt because otherwise you'll be double-minded. And this is where a lot of us find ourselves sometimes. We'll be double-minded because we've prayed and we haven't had an answer. And so we have another, you know, we pray a little bit more intensely and a little bit more aggressively as if maybe God didn't hear us. But listen, be confident in God's ability to speak to you. He made you. He knows you. He knows how to speak to you. He knows how to get your attention. If he needs to get your attention, he will get your attention. Our job, as, as James says somewhere else, is to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. So if you're facing a big decision, you're lacking wisdom, get in the Bible. Find out. Is there anything that I'm missing? God, show me. Pray. Have some people around and about you to pray. And um, even fast. Fasting is really, really powerful. And we won't really have time to get into it in massive detail here, but fasting is hugely important in decision making. Whenever we, whenever, before we planted the church, sorry, before we planted the launch team, before we did the launch team, I fasted for a while. We fasted in January. A bunch of us on the launch team fasted. Um, and we believe in fasting and prayer. I think it's really powerful when you're making a decision. But yeah, I, I totally hear you about overthinking things, but. But listen, train your mind to think on good things. So my mind's quite active. So I make sure that, try and make sure at the end of the day that I'm thinking about the right things. So I put on the Bible, uh, I, on the Version app. And I'm, at the minute I'm listening to Acts. And so I listen to Acts at like point, about 1.25 speed. And uh, I listen and I fall asleep to the book of Acts. And it, and it stops my mind going where maybe I wouldn't want it to go. And so I usually sleep with one ear in while well, I'm pillow side, this side, this is my this is my side for sleeping, so I'll take that. Yeah, I'll have one. I'll have a guy talking to me about acting, it's fantastic. And it helps you uh, go to sleep calm, it helps you wake up with your mind on things that aren't anxious, particularly. And so I fill my mind more and more. Um, you know, double your dose if you need more of scripture, just double your dose it's good for you let me just grab this question i believe there's one yeah man what a belter what's the type of response so the question is what's the best way not to dwell on bad decisions man that's so true um regret and sometimes shame that comes from bad decisions especially i found if it was a financial bad decision and it kind of it feels like it follows you Maybe it's a relationship decision. It's followed you. You think, will I ever be free of this? And so <clears throat> many of them, many of them things like that, we need to know that we are forgiven and that God does not hold our sins against us. So we are, when we accept Christ as our saviour, uh, ha- we, we enter into his forgiveness. So we are forgiven for our sins, past, present and future. So we're walking in a state of forgiveness. What our enemy loves to do is to remind us of the things that we did wrong. 
And sometimes he'll intimidate us with memories of um, things that we're embarrassed about or shameful about. And I've had that in my life plenty of times. Um, we used to, I used to have it quite a bit and used to speak to people in church. They'd be about to raise their hands in worship or they'd be about to express themselves before God. And you'd have that thought, that memory of you were an idiot this week. You did that thing that nobody knows about and you just your hands go down and you go... And it's it, it's a it's an it's a um it's a, a tactic of our enemy to keep us from relationship. So um, he wants he can't snatch us from the Father's love, but he can sow seeds of doubt and sow seeds of uh, regret and allow us and cause us to have thoughts of those things that stop us entering into the fullness of um, relationship. And the, the scripture talks about the joy of our salvation. There's a joy attached to salvation. So what I would say about that is um, you meditate on your forgiveness and meditate. Don't meditate on the things that you've done wrong, but learn to meditate on the things that who Christ is um, and what he's already done. And then I, then I give thanks, like verbally give thanks. Say, thank you, God, he did that for me. Thank you, God, you've got a hope and a future for me. And then I would go to almost old school prophesying and getting out some of the Psalms and, you know, and some of the promises of God and the Proverbs and the um, knowing all things, we are more than conquerors. No weapon formed against me shall prosper. And every tongue that rises up against me, he will condemn. And this is the inheritance of, of those who fear the Lord, man. This is my inheritance. And, and I get get quite um I focus my mind focus my thinking on those things because um it, we've all done stuff that we regret but the good news is that it is forgiven and you are uh free from those decisions and some of the effects might still be in your life like for me when we got into when you know a lot of my decisions about finances were unwise and so I got into quite quite a bit of personal debt and so there was a lot of shame attached to that. But as soon as I confessed that and confessed some of my bad behaviour and then looked to correct that bad behaviour around spending and finances and sought, like humbled myself and went to um, get some help, um, it was amazing how fast God um, got involved. And we actually had a number of people, like honestly, like it was amazing how God... Um, there's a scriptural principle of it's called recompense. And, uh, you know, God doesn't just give back one for one. He always overloads you with blessing. And so what we found was as soon as we, as soon as I humbled myself and, you know, changed my ways, sought some new information, made a better decision than I had previously and said, God, I'm sorry for what I did. I want your help. Um, it was amazing what happened. We got like gifts out of nowhere, which we'd never had before. And so I'm not saying if you say sorry that God's going to give you money, but I am saying that when you trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding, he will make you path straight, right? That's what it means. So sometimes we're ashamed because we've made mistakes and we wish we hadn't done them and we don't want God to get involved because we're embarrassed. And that is an attack of the enemy. You need to do the opposite is we made a mistake is acknowledge it. Go quickly. 
and say, God, I'm sorry. Um, help me to put you first in the decisions that I make. And then in my life, there's often been times where he's directed me to a person I need to speak to or a, a friend I need to make or a wisdom that I need to have. And so it doesn't become a shame cycle like when I do things wrong. It becomes a cycle where um, I can I, I know that God's with me and I'm not embarrassed about getting things wrong anymore. Like, honestly, planting a church, there's nothing like planting a church to make you realise what you don't know, honestly. I've never been more aware of my don't know us. <laughs> just so many things to think about. But and these days where it feels like, ah, oh, my, my head is pounding. I don't know what to do. Now we've got coronavirus. We went to see the hotel. I went, popped in to see the hotel where we were going to rent. And I said, are you ready to talk about room rentals yet? And they said, we haven't even opened the restaurant yet, mate. I'm like, okay, I'm just asking. And, uh, you know, the the challenge for those of us who are trying to do great things for God, all of us are, is to hide what our ignorance and to pretend that we do know we've got it all covered or to hide, yeah, to hide our ignorance by not asking questions and humbling ourselves. And um, for me, that was a challenge because I'm a, I'm, I think I'm a, proud person i like to show strength i like to show competency i like to show strength like i said so to have to lead with ignorance or have to lead with like a vulnerability or to ask i don't really know what to do has anybody got any ideas um i had to learn that and i'm continuing to learn that and say sorry a lot and okay i'll let me do better um but because I can take that to Father God and he doesn't he isn't ashamed of me, he's equipping me and he's working through us to do his purposes, that I actually find that we have every provision that we need because uh, when I humble myself, what does he say? God opposes the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. So I don't even have to be smart. <laughs> I just have to be humble. And what I find is that when I'm humble and I ask for wisdom, when I'm humble and I say sorry when I'm humble and I go for help and I open myself up to the right people is that the provision of God starts to flow. But God is opposed to people who are trying to do it all themselves, um, especially in his name that there's, yes, it's a, it's a big one. So hope that was helpful. Any other questions? Ping us a question. Have we got any more? No, no, no. That's the best way to dwell on, not to dwell on bad decisions. Just remember who you are in Christ and to go over that stuff. And then to remember what Christ has done for you and that he has a hope and a future for you. He has a plan for you. He has great things in advance for you. That's what scripture says. That Ephesians says that he's, he's got worked works in advance for us to do. So I'm still alive because he has got works in advance planned for me to do. And I don't know what they are yet, but I tell you what, if, you, if you'd have told me, at 21, I'm living in my pyjamas, eating satsumas, afraid to go out of the house, um, didn't want to speak to anybody. If you'd have told me then what I'm doing now, I'd have just thought you, you're having a laugh, you're crazy. So in these challenging times, let's 
endeavour to make sure that our decisions are based on our place of strength and not from a place of weakness. What do I mean by that? If God's called you to do something, you have a strong sense that that's what God wants you to do. You do it with all your heart. Don't do it half-hearted. And don't do a version of it that you think other people want you to do. Do what God called you to do full-hearted. So I don't, there are other things in my heart to do in the future. And I'm still praying about those things. But I know and I genuinely believe that God's called us to plant kingdom companies. So we're going to go for it in coronavirus or not. I don't know what digital church looks like. I have no idea. I have no idea. Building a digital church community, I don't know. I don't know what that means. But, but this is where everybody is. So here I am. Because <laughs> church used to look like something and maybe it'll look like something else in the future. And who knows? Maybe that's why God called us out of life church to be a part of it. I'd like to think so. And um, for those of you who are older and you've been walking with God a bit longer, right, is you know, like, you've seen God come through for you. So don't forget those times where God has come through for you. And uh, encourage the younger ones who are maybe going off to university and maybe, like, they're taking a big risk and big step into the unknown. But, you know, be, be people around them who are encouraging them in their decisions. Um, sometimes we think that the will of God is like a super narrow tightrope thing and that's how it was always I always felt like should I do music shouldn't I do music as a career and I've I was so double-minded for so long and in the end I just thought Claire really encouraged me just go for it give it a try what's the worst that can happen and I immediately began to worry about all the worst things that could happen but mostly what I was bothered about was other people's what other people thought of me and I think when we when we make decisions of faith we have to get a re- an understanding of who God is and his love for us to such an extent that we can overcome what other people think about us. You know, it was really weird coming out of staff at Life Church and just explaining to, you know, um, our bosses, you know, uh, well, what are you going to do now? And we were like, we don't know. I tell you what, it takes some guts to say that because you want to have an answer and you want to tidy it up. And there's sometimes that God will not be tidied up. And so, you know, if you're in a place right now where you're figuring out how to make a good decision and you're praying, don't be in a rush to answer on God's behalf. He will speak for himself. And if you make a decision of faith to trust God, he will never put you to shame or embarrass you. And other people may ridicule you. Other people may um, mock you. But God will never put you to shame. So passages... Many passages of scripture that talk about God will never put you to shame. Even if you make a mistake, God will never put you to shame. So for people like me who worry about what other people think of them, God will never put you to shame. Even when you've made a mistake and you say sorry to God, is he is all about restoration. He's all about let's get you back on track with the kingdom purposes. And... Um, He's never there to shame you or embarrass you. He only wants the best for you. And so don't be afraid to change. Don't be afraid to say sorry. Don't be afraid to, uh, you know, um, ask for advice in making decisions. Making great decisions is, is, is an exciting time because there's a lot of fear around at the minute. And so it's a great opportunity for those of us who are people of faith 
to make some bold decisions. Any other questions, guys? Um, you want to? There's a little question function there. Um, yeah, you guys are off to university. You know, you don't know what you're going to face, but you know who you're going to face it with. And I remember when I went to um, university, uh, prayed every day for two weeks while I was there. The presence of God was so thick in my in my halls of residence. It was powerful. And um, I just thought it would last forever. And um, it was like a, an affirmation of I'm with you, I'm with you, I'm with you. And I would, you know, first time away from home and living away from home and all that crazy stuff, living in Liverpool. It was a rough, tough city at the time. And then I remember like the, the Monday of the third week, that feeling of that sense of the presence of God wasn't there anymore. And I was, I just got like a sense that he must trust me to not have to show himself so strong to me. You know, sometimes we think when we uh, feel God or we sense that God's near to us, that we've actually done something right. But actually, sometimes I think he's like that because we really need the comfort. And sometimes when we don't feel God nearby, it doesn't mean that we've done anything wrong. Maybe it means that he's, um, we don't need to feel anything. We just need to walk by faith and not by feelings. So, uh, yeah. Any other questions before I wrap up? Um, thanks for coming on. I'm sorry we're a little bit late. Um, but there we are. Yeah, jump in with any questions if you want. Um, I'll just waffle for a couple more minutes and then if there are any other questions. Um, here we go. No, none yet. Okay. We're talking about making great decisions, how to make great decisions, how to overcome bad decisions, how to uh, take permanent decisions in temporary times. So I think that's going to be us for tonight. So listen, thanks for, um, thanks for joining in. Um, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's, it's not easy, but uh, God knows the way. And um, if you just point your heart in his direction, point your life in his direction and just say, God, I don't know what you are for me in the future, but, I'll I'll recognize you in the steps that I take and I will and I'll trust you to make my path straight. And uh, that's what we need. And then we just we just trust God, you know. Yeah, God's got great things for you guys and uh your best days are ahead of you. Let me pray for you. Thank you, Father God, for these great people. Uh we don't know the root roots. It, life just seems so all over the place right now and I, I really pray for peace in everybody's heart but also a boldness and a courage to rise up like a fighting spirit to do the thing that you've called us to do full-hearted that we won't be fearful and shrink back but that we'll be bold and we'll keep moving forward and that we will acknowledge when we're afraid and we'll fetch that to you and we won't hide it and pretend we've got the answers we will talk to you about it. And so I pray that this time of lockdown and strange post-lockdown thing would be a place where, a time where we um, grow stronger and closer uh, with you. Amen. Guys, thanks for coming on. Speed Church is on Wednesday. And then we're going to do, um, we're doing some e-groups as well, which we'll talk a little bit more about in the future, but that'll do for tonight. Good to see you guys.